Hey, what's going on? It's Anthony Dean, and you're listening to Change the Game for Friday, April 10th, 2020. What's going on, guys? How are y'all doing? If you remember the last episode, it was a little bit ago, we did the top 20 movies of all time, my top 20 favorite movies of all time. That was a fun episode to do. Um, we are going right into it. The next three to four days are going to have three episodes. Two of those are going to be wrestling. This is the first wrestling podcast that I've done since I talked about NXT TakeOver and Survivor Series way back in November. Uh, so this has been a long time since I talked about WWE, but of course, last Saturday and Sunday was WrestleMania 36, the first ever two-night WrestleMania, obviously due to the coronavirus. So, of course, I am going to talk about WrestleMania 36 in this podcast, but what this episode is going to be is this one. I am going to rank every single WrestleMania, including WrestleMania 36, from worst to the best. Uh, The best one is pretty obvious, especially if you're a wrestling fan. You probably know what it's going to be. Uh, but there may be some surprises in my rankings, could be some controversy, but we're going to get right into it. The next wrestling episode that I'm going to do is going to be, I'm going to rank my top WrestleMania matches of all time. Not necessarily main events, just the best WrestleMania matches of all time. But for this one, we're talking about every WrestleMania. Some of these WrestleManias we're going to get into more in depth than others, especially the ones more towards the bottom probably going to be a little more brief than the ones near the top because obviously the best ones are going to be the ones I'm going to want to talk about and of course I'm going to get into Wrestlemania 36 uh, a little bit in depth as well but we have to start off at the bottom of the list with number 36 and number 36 this is an easy one guys Wrestlemania 9 easily the worst Wrestlemania ever Uh, it's not even close Really, there's about, you know, Razor Ramon and Bob Backlund, not a bad match. Um, the best match of the night was the Shawn Michaels Intercontinental Championship match. That was a pretty decent match, but other than that, this was a pretty lackluster card. Um, they held this one in Las Vegas in 1993 at the Caesars Palace. It was an outdoor arena, very weird. Uh, this was the night that started you know the undertaker faced giant gonzalez he won by disqualification like that'll just tell you how bad this match was but of course the reason that this is the worst mania of all time is the main event which the main event involved yokozuna defeating bret hart when mr fuji threw the um it was like the salt or whatever ever used to have right in bret hart's eyes he cheated to win. And then, of course, who should come out but Hulk Hogan. Yokozuna challenges Hulk Hogan. He beats him in like 15 seconds. And Hulk Hogan leaves WrestleMania with the WWF. It was WWF at the time. World Heavyweight Championship. Just an absolutely horrible ending to a horrible WrestleMania. It was the worst thing that could have happened. At this point, people were sick and tired of Hulk Hogan and his shenanigans winning not only the fans, but wrestlers backstage did not like Hulk Hogan. He always had to win. It always had to be about him. Just another instance of Hulk Hogan being Hulk Hogan, needing that spotlight. And again, there are a lot of reasons why I personally do not like Hulk Hogan. It obviously starts from the obvious why most people hate Hulk Hogan now is because of the racist rant that got released years ago. You know, it's crazy. You can't even find that 
the actual audio. WWE did a good job of erasing that from the records in terms of what was actually said. Now, you can read the transcripts. They're online. They can't erase that. People still write about what he said. But as far as the actual recording goes, because it technically was an illegal recording, it's not out there anymore. But if you want to know what he said, I'm not going to repeat any of that uh, BS that he uh, spoke out of his mouth. But if you want to, go ahead and look it up. Uh, it's pretty bad. Um, if that stuff affects you in any way, you might not even want to look at that. But you know, if you're wondering why a lot of people hate Hulk Hogan, go ahead and do your own research on that. I don't want to get too in-depth with that. And obviously, we're going to talk a lot about Hulk Hogan because... You know, for about the first nine WrestleManias, everything revolved around Hulk Hogan. So we'll go right into the next WrestleMania. Coming in at 35 is WrestleMania 2. Now, this was a weird event. Coming off the success of the first WrestleMania, they decided to spice it up and have three different venues for this WrestleMania. Now, you had they had L.A., New York, and Chicago, or Rosemont specifically, Three different events. The main event wasn't a bad one. Hulk Hogan beating King Kong Bundy in a steel cage for the WWF title. You know, other than that, not really much to talk about. You know, Randy Savage had an all right match. Mr. T once again was involved in this WrestleMania like the first one. He beat Roddy Piper in a boxing match. That was kind of interesting. Uh, Joe Frazier also was out there. It was you know, not a very good WrestleMania, very lackluster, you know, part of the problem, of course, was that you had three different stadiums, and really, the people in each stadium didn't really get a full card, it was kind of, you know, I guess you could say the best stadium to be at for this WrestleMania was the LA Memorial Sports Arena, just because, I mean, you got to see Hogan and King Kong Bundy, that was probably the match of the night, I mean, at the time, Hulk Hogan was insanely popular, so, I mean, there was that, as a steel cage match, not a terrible match, especially as Hulk Hogan matches go, because it's hard to find a good Hulk Hogan match, but nothing that I would really recommend watching personally, but, you know, that's why it comes in at second to last, but coming in at number 34 is WrestleMania 11. Again, another lackluster card. Not much to talk about. Uh, the I Quit match with Bret Hart and Bob Backlund was a pretty decent match. But, I mean, let's let's be honest. Diesel and Shawn Michaels, not a bad match at all. Shawn, Shawn Michaels not able to win the WWF title. The thing is, the main event involved Lawrence Taylor uh, facing Bam Bam Bigelow. I mean... Listen, you got to give credit to Lawrence Taylor. This is not a bad match by any stretch of the imagination, especially when you consider that it's Lawrence Taylor in there. But, like, if you told people that these are two guys who are actual wrestlers, then, oh, that's a horrible main event for WrestleMania, which, of course, it is. It's part of the reason why it's the third worst mania of all time. But I'll give Lawrence Taylor credit. It's not a horrible match considering that it is Lawrence Taylor in the main event. Just even today, it makes no sense why. They would ever have Lawrence Taylor in a main event for WrestleMania. But, you know, that's why it comes in so low on the list. But coming in at number 33 is WrestleMania 4. Now, WrestleMania 4 was an interesting one because the whole night was basically a 14-man single elimination tournament for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. Uh, you know, Hulk Hogan, of course, billed as this big 
you know, it's Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. Their match ends in a double disqualification. So it ends up, the finals ends up being Randy Savage beating Ted DiBiase. Of course, Hulk Hogan had to help him out. You see him at the end celebrating with Randy Savage and Miss Elizabeth. And what's supposed to be a moment for Randy Savage capturing the WWF Championship. Of course, Hulk Hogan has to stick his nose in there. And there he is celebrating with Macho Man Randy Savage, which is why a lot of people from that era hate Hulk Hogan. Again, discount everything that happened more recently. Let's just talk about people's opinions back in the day in terms of the wrestlers. This was another reason why people just don't like Hulk Hogan. He couldn't give people their shine. Like, this was a moment for Randy Savage. This was his WrestleMania. He couldn't have that WrestleMania moment because Hulk Hogan needed to be in there too. And building off that, coming in at number 32, WrestleMania 5, the explosion of the Mega Powers. It was billed as the Mega Powers Explode with Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. Basically a whole year feud. It started off as they were the Mega Powers. They were a team. Macho Man turns on Hulk Hogan because he thinks Hulk Hogan's going after his lady, which, let's be honest, it looked like he was. You can't blame Randy Savage for being jealous. I mean, Hulk Hogan looked like he wanted to steal his woman. This is not a very good WrestleMania. Once again, just a very lackluster card. Uh, Like most of these bottom ones, the main event, Hulk Hogan beats Randy Savage. Uh, Miss Elizabeth is in a neutral corner again. I don't know. You can't respect Miss Elizabeth for doing that, but they have their little reunion a few years later, of course, in a great moment. But again, me personally, I think this would be much higher if Randy Savage had actually retained his championship. Um, I just don't understand why Hulk Hogan had to win every time. Now, there was one WrestleMania that's a little higher on the list for this reason where Hulk Hogan actually lost, which was unbelievable. You couldn't believe that that would ever happen. But again, Hulk Hogan, these early WrestleManias, it's just a common theme where Hulk Hogan is just dominating them. And there is a couple WrestleManias where it's not a problem. It really isn't like, you know, WrestleMania 1, WrestleMania 3. Those two are, you know, I they don't get dragged down because of that. But this is another example of Hulk Hogan. Just he needs that spotlight and he needs the W. So that's just, you know, that's just the way it is. But coming in at number 31 is WrestleMania 15. Now, I don't like ranking this WrestleMania that low because this is the first WrestleMania meeting of the Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, arguably the greatest rivalry in the history of WWE. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was involved in two of the greatest rivalries with The Rock and then, of course, with uh, Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon himself. But this, this card is just a pretty lackluster card. Again, not really much to say other than the main event, which was... If we're talking about rock stone cold matches, this is by far their worst one. And I and I think people give this one a little too much uh, disrespect, uh, if you might say, because I enjoy this match. I think it's pretty good. Uh, I'm not a like I'm not a hater of this match at all. I enjoy this match, but again, this is just not a very good WrestleMania. And this match, there are other WrestleManias which are straight garbage, but they have one match that's just so epic that. Like, it just props it up. This match wasn't great enough to prop up this WrestleMania because just the card was just, again, a lackluster card. Not very much to discuss. I mean, you have Kane and Triple H. Not a terrible match, but he beats him by, Kane beats him by disqualification. Uh, Shane McMahon beating X-Pac. 
Undertaker and Big Boss Man. Like, just nothing really big to talk about, you know, uh, other than, of course, the Stone Cold Rock matchup, which was their first matchup in WrestleMania. Again, just not one of the better WrestleMania cards. That's why it's ranked as low as it is. But coming in at number 30 is WrestleMania 7. This is a card that's actually pretty consistent throughout the entire uh, event, per se. I would say, you know, you got Undertaker and Jimmy Snuka. They had a pretty good match. Of course, the Ultimate Warrior and Randy Savage. That's the match that's most known from this card with Ultimate Warrior beating Randy Savage in the retirement match and Randy Savage getting that emotional reunion with Queen Elizabeth. That is an epic moment. That's why it's higher than a couple of these other WrestleManias. But again, the main event, again, this is typical Hulk Hogan. Not a bad match. The Sergeant Slaughter Iraqi sympathizer gimmick does not hold up well today. But it's not a terrible match by any stretch, especially for a Hulk Hogan match. Probably one of his better Mania main events, to be honest. But again, this is just not a card that holds up particularly well the ultimate warrior randy savage match is great there are some other pretty good matches on the card uh the heart foundation was involved in this event as well undertaker snooker like i said was a pretty good match uh virgil and ted dibiase wasn't a bad match either so there there were some highlights of the show but again not a great card or anything that's why it's ranked as low as it is despite the great moment with randy savage and queen elizabeth but coming in at number 29 is WrestleMania 8. Now, this one had some pretty awesome matches. You got Bret Hart and Roddy Piper for the Intercontinental Championship. Bret Hart winning the Intercontinental Championship. Great match. And, of course, the match of the night for sure. Randy Savage beating Ric Flair for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. That match is almost an A-plus. Great, great match. Apparently, Vince McMahon hated this match because of the blood that was... Uh, used on Ric Flair. That was not the type of audience that Vince McMahon wanted at the time. He wanted a family-friendly audience, not the teenagers, the bad boys type with all the blood. They didn't want that at the time. So Vince McMahon didn't like that. But of course, whereas wrestling fans, that's a classic match. I can go back and watch that almost any day of the week. Great match. But listen, once again, Hulk Hogan is what drags this show down. This show should be so much better. I mean, you got Undertaker and Jake Roberts. That was a pretty good match as well. Uh, the start of the streak, as a matter of fact. But listen, Hulk Hogan in the main event again. It's not for the title. Like You have Randy Savage and Ric Flair fighting for the world championship, and they're not in the main event. Hulk Hogan and Sid Justice is the main event. Harvey Whip Whippleman with Sid Justice. I mean, listen, once again, Hulk Hogan, that's what really drags down this show. Which some people say WrestleMania 7 is actually the better WrestleMania just because it's more consistent. There aren't any great matches, but there's not a horrible main event. I would say that, honestly, WrestleMania 8 could have been so much better if you just flip on the spots in the card. If you flip the, the Savage Flair match with the Hogan Justice match. If you moved Hogan Justice to the 6th spot where Savage Flair was and then Flair Savage get the main event. This would be a lot higher on the list because that is an epic match. Should have been the main event. Even Bret Hart and Roddy Piper, that could have been the main event. Hogan and Justice was a terrible main event. It's why WrestleMania 8 gets ranked at number 29. Uh, but unfortunately, coming in at 28, now we're going into a few more recent ones. 
uh, with WrestleMania 27. Now, I feel bad ranking this as low as it is. There are some really good moments. Edge defending the World Championship, World Heavyweight Championship against Alberto Del Rio. This would be his final, Edge's final match uh, before recently coming back. You have Randy Orton and CM Punk in an awesome back and forth match. And Randy Orton getting the win with an RKO out of nowhere. Great RKO spot with CM Punk. You know, when these two get together, especially at the time that we were in, in 2011, this was a great match. No doubt about it that it was going to be a great match. But of course, the match that stole the show was uh, John Morrison and Snook. No, I'm just kidding. Not not the Snooky match. Definitely not. The match that stole the show was no doubt about it. The Undertaker and Triple H in the No Holds Barred match where Triple H beat The Undertaker so badly that he couldn't get up. But The Undertaker pulled one last trick out of the ring and hit him with the Hell's Gate and made Undertaker tap out. A submission defeat. Triple H walks off. Undertaker had to be helped off. I mean, that was a... Like, this match was just intense from the start. And I really would love to petition for WWE Network. I don't know why... Like, when you watch this event on WWE Network and you watch The Undertaker's entrance, it just has this regular music. That's not the entrance that he had. He played the Johnny Cash song, Ain't No Grave. And that song was perfect for this, like, this event. That song was perfect for The Undertaker. And the way that it ended, he ends up getting the win. But it's like Triple H won at the same time because Triple H was able to walk off. It was just great ring psychology. And it set up great for the rematch the following year, which, of course, we will talk about later because that Mania is ranked way higher than this one. But other than those three, this is a very lackluster event. I mean, like I said, Snooki was involved in this match. I mean, in this event, sorry, in a six-person mixed tag match. Oh, I mean, you know, it's just kind of sad. The main event was The Miz. Uh beating John Cena for the WWE Championship, but he didn't really beat him. The Rock hit Cena with the Rock bottom. The Rock was supposed to just be the host. He ends up getting involved in the main event, costing Cena the match. And, of course, then the next night, they set up their match for WrestleMania 28, once in a lifetime, even though they met again the next WrestleMania, but that's neither here nor there. It's, like, I hate, like I said, I hate ranking this as low as I do because... I enjoy Edge defending his championship. Not a great match, but like it's a good moment, especially knowing what happened after where he had to retire. The Randy Orton CM Punk match, great match. Undertaker Triple H, outstanding match. Like that should have been the main event, of course. I think, again, a lot of these manias would be ranked higher if a different match was the main event. And that is going to be a theme that you'll see throughout. As we'll move right into number 27, and that is WrestleMania 32. The WrestleMania that has the attendance record now is one of the bottom tier WrestleManias. Look, this is not a good WrestleMania. Listen, there were some matches that we were excited for and just didn't pan out. Brock Lesnar and Dean Ambrose in a no-holds-barred street fight. That seemed like it could have been a great match, but they didn't give him any time. It was a 13-minute match. And really, like, Dean Ambrose didn't really get to do much. He lost after 1F5. Like, I just, I hate that match, to be honest, because it could have been so much better than it was. It could have been, the, it could have stole the show, and it didn't. It also doesn't help that the match following it was by far the greatest women's 
match in the history of WrestleMania. I mean, this was the match that absolutely should have been the main event. Charlotte, Becky Lynch, and Sasha Banks on a triple threat match to crown the inaugural WWE Women's Champion. Charlotte was the Divas Champion, but they were now changing it from the Divas Championship to the Women's Championship, uh, just signaling that we're in a new era uh, for women's wrestling. And this match was unbelievable. Great match. Undertaker and Shane McMahon, pretty bad match, but Shane McMahon has the great spot jumping from the top of the hell in the cell and smashing through the table. That was pretty awesome, but other than that, a lackluster Hell in a Cell match, which, I mean, you kind of knew it was going to be Undertaker and Shane McMahon. Not a great match. AJ Styles and Chris Jericho, you know, that's a match that you know is going to be pretty good. Uh, Disappointed by the result, though, it's AJ Styles' first WrestleMania, and he takes a loss to Chris Jericho. Just doesn't make any sense considering that Chris Jericho lost to Fandango at WrestleMania 29. Like, I just never creatively understood that the ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship was great, and Zack Ryder winning was a great moment. It just, it really sucks that he didn't get to hold that championship for any longer. Still a great moment seeing Zack Ryder win that Intercontinental Championship because nobody in their right mind expected him to do that. I certainly didn't. Uh, the Rock actually wrestles Eric Rowan in this one. Uh, random, uh, John Cena comes out to help him. Really random, but I mean, I guess it's cool to see The Rock in there. You know, you can't really hate on The Rock, but... The main event, of course, nobody likes this one. Roman Reigns and Triple H. They gave him almost 30 minutes. Should have been shorter. Um, You know, Roman Reigns wins because everybody knew that was going to happen for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. I mean, the one cool thing about it was Triple H's entrance because he had the belt. Triple H always does look pretty cool with a belt around him, especially the championship belt. You can't lie that, especially when he does the uh, spitting the water out. Like, that's pretty cool. But other than that, not a good match. Nobody really wanted Roman Reigns to be champion anyway. So, again, just a lackluster WrestleMania. Again, though, this is another one. If that women's triple threat match was the main event, would have been a much different event. That's for sure. Much different event in terms of ranking. Like, I would have ranked this much higher if that women's triple threat was the main event. Also would have ranked it higher if Sasha Banks won the championship instead of Charlotte. But... Again, that's a common theme with Sasha matches. She's lost five WrestleManias in a row now. It's pretty annoying, but I'll get into that more with WrestleMania 36. So I'll get into that a little bit later. But coming in at number 26 is WrestleMania 29. Another very disappointing WrestleMania. I mean, really, this one was really disappointing. Uh, Fandango beating Chris Jericho, I guess, was okay. Not a very good match, but good for Fandango, I guess, at the time. Alberto Del Rio and Jack Swagger for the World Heavyweight Championship. That just made the World Heavyweight Championship seem so weak that those two were fighting for it. Just didn't make any sense. The Shield had an okay match with Big Show, Randy Orton, and Sheamus. Not a terrible match. Um, Team Hell No, Daniel Bryan and Kane against Big E and Dolph. Not a bad match, I guess, for the Tag Championships. But, I mean... The, this this card was about three matches, the last three, and two of them underwhelmed, and one of them was amazing. And the one that was amazing, unfortunately, was the first one, and that's why this is, again, another instance of if a different match was the main event, this would go up higher. The Undertaker and CM Punk, unbelievable match. They really sold this. CM Punk was disrespecting Paul Bearer, who had recently died. 
He poured the ashes out. He Man, CM Punk did all kinds of nasty things uh, to provoke The Undertaker. And it looked like CM Punk was about to actually end the streak. He wasn't able to do it, but in an epic, epic match. Wish that was the main event. Triple H against Brock Lesnar in a no-holds-barred match. If Triple H lost, he'd have to retire. It's not a bad match, but they've had better matches, to be honest. And they already fought a, a few times before, so... I mean, it just was it was a disappointing match. Nothing really special about it. I'm not saying it's a bad match, but it's just... Eh, could have done better. And then, of course, John Cena and The Rock in the main event for The Rock's WWE Championship... John Cena winning, getting redemption for WrestleMania 28. The WrestleMania 28 match was much better. Um, I don't know. I'm just not a big fan of this match either. Again, Undertaker CM Punk should have been the main event. That disappointing main event for sure. A disappointing WrestleMania. It was at MetLife Stadium. It was a really cool setup that they had for it. Don't get me wrong, but not a great WrestleMania at all. But coming in at number 25 is WrestleMania 1, the original WrestleMania. Now, let's be honest. You can't understate the cultural importance of the very first WrestleMania. Now, this changed the game for WWE. The amount of superstar celebrities that were involved, especially when you look at the main event, um, even before the main event, Andre the Giant body slamming, Big John Stud, that was a big deal. Uh... There were some other pretty good matches, but of course, everything was about the main event is what encapsulated WrestleMania. You had Hulk Hogan and Mr. T defeating Paul Orndorff and Roddy Piper in a tag match with Muhammad Ali and Pat Patterson as special guest referees. Uh, Muhammad Ali and Mr. T being involved, though, those were the two that really set the bar uh, for WrestleMania, especially being the main event, and you've got the greatest boxer of all time. I guess arguably, I'd say he's the greatest, but other people don't. But the GOAT, Muhammad Ali, and then you got Mr. T, who was super popular back in the day, especially from you know Rocky Three playing Clubber Lang, and him and Hulk Hogan teaming up in the main event, and then Roddy Piper just being such a great heel and a great antagonist to Mr. T. I mean, they even had the, like I said before, they had the boxing match at WrestleMania too. The problem is, it doesn't hold up very well. Let's be honest. Like, a lot of these early WrestleManias just don't hold up that well. Like, it's just an old WrestleMania. Not a lot to watch, but the main event is fun to watch, especially for the star power involved. And you think about the cultural importance. I couldn't rank WrestleMania 1 any lower than that. There's no way I could rank, like, even though WrestleMania 27, 32, and 29, all three of those have... Matt, one match each that I love way more than anything on this card. But this card is so important that I felt it would be very disrespectful to rank it uh, lower than those other three cards. And that's why WrestleMania 1 is where it's at, at number 25. But coming in at number 24 is WrestleMania 6. A very important WrestleMania as well. This was in Toronto, Canada. Championship for championship. The ultimate challenge is what it was known as. Ultimate Warrior, the Intercontinental Champion against Hulk Hogan, the WWF World Heavyweight Champion. And unbelievable, Hulk Hogan actually lost. The Ultimate Warrior defeats Hulk Hogan. Probably one of Hulk Hogan's two or three best matches of his career. 
obviously because the entire match was scripted. They literally scripted every move because Ultimate Warrior wasn't a very, he wasn't a good wrestler at all either. Let's be honest, he was a two-trick pony basically. But I mean, if you want to watch any Ultimate Warrior matches, Hulk Hogan matches, this is the one that I would suggest because it's not a bad match at all. Uh, again, the Hart Foundation was involved in this event. Not a very, you know, this card, again, like a lot of these early WrestleManias, they don't hold up very well. But again, I do enjoy the main event, actually. Of course, because Hulk Hogan actually loses. It's still surprising to this day that that happens. The DiBiase-Jake Roberts match was a pretty good match, actually, for the Million Dollar Championship. Not a bad match. But uh, Rick Rude and Jimmy Snuka, because Jimmy Snuka is never going to have a bad match, to be honest. Uh, or not typically, at least. But just uh, it's not again not a great match could have done better not a great card i should say they could have done better but at the same time the main event made up for it um obviously scripted the whole match which is crazy to me but i mean that's what they had to do with ultimate warrior and hulk hogan they're not ring technicians whatsoever but again a great moment at the end with ultimate warrior having both championship belts but coming in at number 23 is WrestleMania 36, the most recent WrestleMania. And I feel bad ranking it as low as I did because really this is one that exceeded expectations. Uh, but again, some of these WrestleManias that are ranked higher have less good matches, but they're much more important than this one. But let's not understate how important this event was with everything going on in the world with the coronavirus wwe decided they're still going to put together a wrestlemania it's something that most of us wrestling fans thought was going to be an absolute train wreck that's why we wanted to watch it for the train wreck that was about to happen instead we got a pretty awesome wrestlemania i mean i had a great time watching this i mean night one let's talk about the good before the bad alexa bliss and nikki cross against the kabuki warriors a pretty entertaining opening match uh to the event really it technically wasn't the opening match because you had the cesaro match but this was the real opening in my eyes and that tag match for the women's tag team championship was pretty good it's fun to watch the kabuki warriors without fans because they're just hilarious trash talkers so it's fun to watch that elias king corbin not a bad match Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler, I wasn't interested in it because they built Shayna Baszler as this absolute monster and I knew Becky would win, so it just didn't hit for me. Sami Zayn, Daniel Bryan match, not bad. Sami Zayn does pick up the win. Um, Now we get into the match that was awesome. John Morrison, Jimmy Uso, and Kofi Kingston in a triple threat ladder match for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championship you got John Morrison, Jimmy Uso, and Kofi Kingston. You know this is going to be an epic, epic match. And it was. It was definitely the, especially when you talk about wrestling matches of the night, this was the best match, uh, I think, of the entire two nights that we had. And, of course, you knew it would be. And the finish was fantastic. I love the, where they're all grabbing. They all have a hold of the, the championships. And Uso headbutts John Morrison, and he falls. But when he falls, the titles get stripped off of the gold, uh, the thing that holds the titles. And he's holding them. He's, he smacks the ladder, but he's got the championships. And so Uso and Kingston are up there like, oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> so 
just a fantastic finish. You had some great spots in there. Uh, it was hilarious the amount of smack talking that you heard, especially from Jimmy Usama flatten you like a pancake, you know, stuff like that. Just great stuff. That's where some of this no fan stuff is entertaining. It's just why I'm interested in seeing like the NBA without fans because you get to see these players talk smack. And it was the same thing in wrestling. You saw this smack talking. You could really hear it. It was pretty funny. Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, not a bad match. The no DQ match. Kevin Owens jumping from that WrestleMania sign through Seth Rollins on the announce table. That was awesome. No doubt about it. Uh, good for Braun Strowman finally picking up a championship. Um, I mean, he had a championship, but I mean a world championship. A little too little too late in my opinion. I mean, I was at the Money in the Bank where he won Money in the Bank, and I was pretty upset. I wanted the Miz or Kingston to win, but they didn't even give him the title then. But, I mean, I'm glad Goldberg doesn't have it. But it was a two-minute match. You know, of course it was. You know, Goldberg can't go for more than three minutes, probably. So, I mean, good for Braun Strowman winning the Universal Championship. And then night one finishes with The Undertaker and AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. And this was one of two matches where it was like a, a movie almost filmed. And those two matches were by far the most like entertaining match. Like, this was awesome. Now, this is what I think I'm petitioning WWE to never have The Undertaker in the ring again. Just do Boneyard matches from now on because you could have The Undertaker... Now I realize that The Undertaker can stay along for a lot longer than he has because you do stuff like this where it's like a movie. This was awesome, man. AJ Styles and The Undertaker threw down in a Boneyard match. I mean, that was just all kinds of epic. It looked like AJ had the win, had him in the buried, and then all of a sudden Undertaker's behind him. The ending image of The Undertaker raising his fist and the fire comes out and then his little logo pops up in the purple I'm, and he's on his motorcycle. Like, that was just awesome. You saw kind of the American badass Undertaker return. That was pretty epic, I got to say. Fun, really fun to watch that one. So, the night one really had two awesome matches for me. And then you move on to night two. Charlotte Flair came out in a Kobe uh, attire, and Rhea Ripley came out in a Vegeta attire. Both awesome, but Charlotte Flair wins the NXT Women's Championship. If Charlotte's going down to NXT, that'd be pretty cool, I think. I wasn't I wasn't on board with it, but I am if she is going to NXT because she could help out a lot of people down there. I think right now, like the main roster might be getting a little stacked with women talent. Maybe Charlotte could go down to NXT and other people can be bumped up. That'll be good for them. Um Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley, not a great match. Bobby Lashley, you can't listen to Lana, man. That's what that's what listening to women will get you, like JBL uh, once said back in the day. <laughs> That's what listening to women will get you, and it gets you a loss. So, unfortunately for him, Otis and Dolph Ziggler. Otis gets the win, and he gets the girl. I mean, good moment for him. He got Mandy Rose. Great moment for my man, Otis. He got the kiss. That was nice for him. Edge and Randy Orton went for 36 minutes. Listen, they went for 10 minutes too long. I like the spot where Edge jumped onto the, uh, they were on that, in like that office. Randy Orton was on the, like, uh, the conference table and Edge jumps off on that little, like the fence and just hits an elbow. That was pretty cool. But again, a little cringe moment where Orton's choking Edge, uh, in the weight room. 
uh, you know, that's very reminiscent of Chris Benoit. I know a lot, all the wrestlers thought of Chris Benoit. Many fans thought of that. I don't know. They, I don't know. I know that they had to get everything approved beforehand. And I actually have a lot more respect for Edge and Randy Orton after reading about that. They basically had to change everything. Everything that you saw was a 40 minute audible. They had to, they didn't plan any of that. It was just a complete audible because they had to change the entire match. So I have actually a lot more respect for this match. Now, isn't great to see Edge? Um, a lot of intensity. Glad Edge picked up the win. But I have a lot more respect for them knowing that that was basically an audible the whole time. So I understand now why it was. It seemed the way it was. The WWE Raw Tag Team Championship match, they only got six minutes. He should have got like 15, to be honest. The Street Profits defeating Angel Garza and Austin Theory. That was really a great match. And of course, the moment, one of the best moments of the night, you could frame that picture with the Street Profits holding up Bianca Belair. I hope this means Bianca Belair is on Raw. She helps out the Street Profits retain their tag team championship. One of the best moments of the night for sure. Uh, Bianca Belair, I like I said, I really hope she's on Raw. And I really hope that, because that first one, Charlotte won the NXT title. I was like, okay, how about... Uh, Bianca beat Charlotte for the NXT Championship, but now that this happened, I would love to see Bianca Belair knock off Becky Lynch at SummerSlam, and then I would love to see another uh, girl defeat the champion at SummerSlam as well, and I'm going to get into that right now with the next match, which was Bayley retaining her SmackDown Women's Championship. Now, I have a lot to say about this match. This was the match that really irked me. You had Bayley, Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. Tamina gets knocked out first. Good Lacey Evans should have been out next. I was really hoping either Sasha Banks or Naomi would win the championship, and I was hoping the final three were going to be Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Of course, Naomi gets knocked out, and then Sasha gets knocked out by Lacey Evans, so Bailey ends up retaining. That really made me mad. I was really hoping, and Sasha kind of tricked us all by her cryptic tweets, and then she uh, posted and deleted an Instagram post with her holding the championship. Boy, she did a good job of tricking everybody because I was really expecting Sasha to win the championship. I was a little mad that it was spoiled, but I'm like, I don't care. I'm glad Sasha's going to win. I can't wait. And I heard that three on Sasha, and I'm like, are you kidding me? I was, ooh, I was mad about that. I was so mad about that. But Bailey being champion, the one thing I will say is, Sasha winning the championship in front of a crowd would be better than an empty crowd. I will say that. I hope that Sasha and Bayley can finally have their, their match at SummerSlam. That's what I'm hoping for. Maybe that's what WWE wants to do. They don't want to pull the trigger on them because it's not in front of a crowd, I guess. We'll see if SummerSlam does have a crowd. Uh, hopefully it does. We'll see about that. But then the very next match was, again, like the Boneyard match... A fantastic film. It was like a movie almost. The Fiend Bray Wyatt against John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse match. And this is almost like a this is your life for John Cena and Bray Wyatt. It was like a this is your life. It was like alternate realities of what John Cena could have been. Like John Cena on the NWO. I mean this was just absolutely fantastic. What they did. It was so weird. It was so wild. Everybody who's criticizing this match can just, honestly, they can just go away. They can just stop talking to me because I had a blast watching this match. I mean, this was honestly one of my favorite matches of the night. I would say this and the Boneyard match and the Triple Threat uh, Tag Championship match and the 
the tag match for the Raw Tag Team Championships. So really, the two tag championship matches and the two filmed matches, like the movie-style matches, were the, the four best matches of the night for me. Great, great match. Uh, the Fiend, I guess he beat John Cena. Officially, he got the win, so good for him. Uh, I had a blast with this one. John Cena, again, he shows off his acting skills. We saw the Doctor of Thugonomics again. He, he got some really funny lines in there, as he usually does. Had some cringe stuff, of course, but just great all around. And then the main event, uh, Drew McIntyre beating Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. A four-minute match, but I'm very happy for Drew McIntyre. I'm very happy that he's champion. I'm sad that he didn't get to do it in front of a crowd. Uh, A little underwhelming. It would have been really nice to see him win that title in Raymond James Stadium. That would have been a good moment for him. But I'm very happy for him. I hope he holds it longer than, like, Braun. I don't want Braun Strowman to hold that universal title for very long. I saw somebody post Jeff Hardy. How would you feel about him? Having a championship run, I would love that. I would love to see him win it. I would love to see Kofi Kingston get the Universal Championship. Um, Even The Miz, that would be cool. Any of those guys over Braun Strowman, to be honest. But even The Fiend, let The Fiend have his title back, to be honest. The Fiend should never have dropped it, in my opinion. But happy for Drew McIntyre being the WWE Champion. Uh, Hopefully, he gets to have some really good matches with that championship. Uh, Don't know what they have in store as of this point for him, but... I'm very happy for him. And again, this was a WrestleMania that I know it's ranked a little low, but like, what did you expect? Honestly, I, if you ask me, where did I think I was going to rank it? I didn't think it was going to be higher than maybe like the highest I would have put it at was 32. I didn't even think it was going to be better than WrestleMania 15, to be honest, but I have it at 23. So it's a lot higher than I expected. But again, no crowd. It was a limited match, but again, there were four great matches that I'm going to watch many times, many, many times I'm going to watch those four matches, so I had a great time with this WrestleMania, and if you guys didn't watch it, you have WWE Network, I would suggest you watch at least the four matches I told you, the two tag championship matches, and the John Cena, Bray Wyatt, and AJ Styles Undertaker matches, those were all fantastic matches, but Again, you can probably look them up on YouTube, honestly, too. They're probably up there, so I definitely suggest watching those. Uh, So that's why it comes in at number 23. But coming in at number 22 is WrestleMania 14. Now, honestly, this is a pretty lackluster card. Not very good. Even the main event isn't that very good because Shawn Michaels wasn't invested in it. He was hurt. He was on his way out. You had to have Undertaker basically threaten Shawn Michaels to actually do the job that he was supposed to do because he was threatening not to even do it. But the main event is all that anybody cares about this match, and it was it's one of the most important matches in the history of the WWE because it's Stone Cold Steve Austin's first, the start of his first WWF World Heavyweight Championship reign. And like JR says, the Austin era has begun. Like that alone just makes it as high as it does. Despite WrestleMania, even WrestleMania 36 being a better overall card, you can't, I can't stress enough the importance of WrestleMania 14 in the main event. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeating Shawn Michaels for the WWF title with Mike Tyson as the special outside enforcer. He's supposed to be with DX. At the end, he obviously decks Shawn Michaels with the right hand. I mean, just a fantastic, fantastic moment. Not a good card. Undertaker and Kane, it was their first match at this card and another underwhelming match. 
uh, to say the least. The hype was better than the actual match. That's for sure. But again, I can't stress enough how important WrestleMania 14 is. Despite not really having any great matches at all, that's why it goes all the way up to number 22. But coming in at number 21 is WrestleMania 12. Again, another lackluster WrestleMania card. Uh, this one was in Anaheim, and this one was really lackluster. Nothing really to, uh, to take home with you saying that, oh, this was a great match, except for one. Like, there wasn't one match. There was one match that went over 15 minutes. It was Roddy Piper and Goldust. Not a bad match, actually. It was a decent match. But the main event went over an hour. It was a 60-minute Ironman match for the WWF World Heavyweight Championship. Many people have criticisms of this match because they say it was too long. you know. And I guess I get it. I actually really enjoy this match. I know it's a long time, so you, you know you gotta you gotta have an hour to watch this match. But I mean, it's a classic. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, two of the greatest of all time. It was a sixty-minute Iron Man match, and they had no falls. That's that's what's crazy about this match, is that there were no falls. I don't know if I like that idea, but I think it's kind of cool. Like they're both so good that they couldn't get a fall on each other. That's pretty cool and. Bret Hart has the sharpshooter on Shawn Michaels, but he doesn't tap out and the clock runs out. Bret Hart thinks he's won, but no, it's sudden death overtime and Shawn Michaels hits him with the sweet chin music and he gets the WWF title. The boyhood dream has come true. Just a great moment. I mean, how about Shawn Michaels from the from the roof coming in from the roof? Oh my, what a ride. That's an awesome moment. Shawn Michaels with the championship, his first wwf championship win great great moment just not a very good wrestlemania to be honest i mean but the main event was awesome i i, I really love the main event i i know that some people really don't like it's kind of funny how some people really really hate uh this match uh not hate but they just they kind of disrespect this match they don't give it the props that it deserves i think it's one of the better wrestlemania matches of all time um as far as it goes, will it come on my rankings? I don't know yet because at this point, I've mostly made my list, but I don't know how many I'm going to do. I thought about maybe just doing top 36 because there's 36 WrestleManias. It's either going to be 25 or 36 because if I go up to 30, I'm, well, I can add six more and just do 36. And that's what I might go with just because there's been 36 WrestleManias do the top 36 matches. But again... Part of me just wants to do 25 because it's more of a, a set number. So we'll see about that. It may or may not make the list because, again, that's not even a slight on it if it doesn't make the top 25 because there's so many great WrestleMania matches. It's hard to say if it'll make the list. But it is definitely it's up there for me. I love this match a lot. So that's why it gets as high as it does despite not being a good card. Now coming in at number 20 is WrestleMania 13. Now this... The card itself is honestly garbage. It's a horrible card. Like I said, 12 wasn't that good. No, this is a garbage card uh, in Chicago. Uh, Rosemont, obviously, of course. Every time they say it's in Chicago, it's usually in Rosemont. Now it's at Allstate. Back then it was uh, the Rosemont Horizon. But the thing is, there was one great match. The main event should have been the main event. Undertaker and Psycho Sid. Undertaker wins the WWF Championship. That's pretty cool. Um... But 
everybody knows this card for one match. This is the match that should have been the main event, of course. It would be higher if it was the main event, to be honest. But it's the submission match between Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin with Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee. This was your classic double turn where if you watch this match from the entrances, Bret Hart is getting cheered. But in the match, Bret Hart turns heel and Stone Cold turns face. And they had the perfect ending where Bret Hart's got that sharpshooter on Stone Cold. And he refuses to give up. He's bleeding profusely out his face. And he just passes out. And that's how Bret Hart wins. Stone Cold never gave up. And Stone Cold, this is where the legend of Stone Cold Steve Austin really was born. Of course, really... The start of Stone Cold Steve Austin was after King of the Ring. Where he talk about your John 316. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Obviously, that was like the start. That's where the, the 316 signs came from and all that. But this was the moment where Stone Cold really became that. He started becoming that icon. The legend that we know Stone Cold to be today. So that's why WrestleMania 13... As bad as it really is, it comes all the way in at number 20. But coming in at number 19 is WrestleMania 2000. Again, another lackluster card when you really look at it. Uh, the Benoit-Jericho-Angle two-fall triple threat match for the, the Intercontinental and European Championships. That was a pretty good match. I mean, come on. Benoit-Jericho and Kurt Angle. You know that's going to be great. Now, this match has... What should have been the main event obviously wasn't going to be because of what the main event was. But the best match, of course, was Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys. The triangle ladder match for the WWF Tag Team Championship. We know that the sequel was better than the original. But let me be clear. The original is pretty damn good. I mean, Edge and Christian, the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, they did all that they could in this match. And we know all about the sequel. And I'll talk about it later. Don't worry. We're obviously going to get into that. But, I mean, this match was absolutely fantastic, too. I think people don't talk about this one enough. Uh, Technically, this WrestleMania is WrestleMania 16, but it was called WrestleMania 2000, of course, because it was in the year 2000. The main event was pretty underwhelming. It was a Fatal 4 elimination match. Every corner had a McMahon. So you had Triple H, who was the WWF champion. He had Stephanie McMahon in his corner. And then you had The Rock, who had Vince McMahon in his corner. Mick Foley had Linda McMahon in his corner. And then The Big Show, who had Shane McMahon, Shane O'Mac, in his corner. And honestly, like I said, just an underwhelming match, to be honest with you. I mean, not a terrible match, just not a great match either. This WrestleMania, kind of like this WrestleMania, just not enough great matches. Just nothing really memorable about it. Not a terrible WrestleMania, just not a great WrestleMania either. Uh, so that's why it comes in where it does. But coming in at number 18 is WrestleMania 33. Just a few years ago out in Orlando, the uh, roller coaster theme that they had. That was pretty cool. Um, but I, Kevin Owens at Chris Jericho was very disappointing. AJ Styles and Shane McMahon was actually a really great match, of course. You know, AJ Styles is great. I mean, how does he put on his match with Shane McMahon? It's very surprising how Shane McMahon and the McMahons in general have had some really good WrestleMania matches in their history. Um, So we all know that that was a good match. Sasha Banks once again losing at WrestleMania. Like I said, she lost five WrestleManias in a row. That was annoying. You know, Bailey, nice for Bailey to retain her Raw Women's Championship, but I was really hoping that Sasha was going to get the win. Of course, but she didn't. The Hardy Boys, that's what this 
this was known for to me. That was the moment of the night where the Hardy Boys come out because the New Day comes out and says, this isn't a triple threat tag ladder match. It's a fatal four-way, and the Hardy Boys music comes up, and the crowd just goes crazy. And the Hardy Boys win the Raw Tag Championships. It was their return to the WWE. That was cool. John Cena and Nikki Bella faced The Miz and Maurice. I like this match only because of the beginning where the everybody's cheering for The Miz, and he's jumping up, and he's he's getting at the crowd. That was cool. Seth Rollins and Triple H. A forgettable match, that non-sanctioned match. Pretty forgettable. Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt, very disappointing, especially the fact that Bray Wyatt lost that WWE Championship. I mean, we were all so excited that Bray finally got the chip and to drop it to Randy Orton, that was lame. And then it was even lamer that he dropped it to Jinder Mahal. Boy, they really dropped the ball there until AJ picked up the title. Uh, Brock Lesnar and Goldberg was one of the bright spots of this match. It was very fun. It was only... Almost five minutes. It was all finishes, but it was it was like if you play a WWE 2K match and you just have finishers on unlimited. That's what it was like, and it was a, it was just a ton of fun to watch that one. So I had a lot of fun watching that. Of course, Naomi winning the SmackDown Women's Championship. That was awesome. It was almost the main event. I gotta say that was awesome. That made up for Sasha not winning the Raw Championship because Naomi getting her title back in her hometown of Orlando. Great moment. The main event, Roman Reigns got absolutely eviscerated the next night on Raw by the fans. That was hilarious, but Roman Reigns beating The Undertaker looked like The Undertaker was retiring the end of the... It was a good moment at the end with the, the hat and the jacket it left in the ring. That was a cool moment, but again, Undertaker has wrestled since then, so it's kind of weird, but not a very good main event. I really don't know what to say. What could have been the main event of this match... I would say, I mean, you know, they're not going to do that women's match, though. But it would have been cool to see Naomi close out the show winning the championship. Personally, I think that would have been awesome. But I understand Roman Reigns and Undertaker, of course, was going to be the main event. It was a no-holds-barred match. I wouldn't say it's a terrible match. Just you can't expect that much from the Undertaker. Roman Reigns isn't the type of guy to carry somebody to, like, a five-star match. He needs an, an elite wrestler to have a five-star match. So... That's why this one gets ranked where it is. Not a terrible WrestleMania, just not particularly great either. But coming in at 17 is WrestleMania 34, just a few years ago. Now, this was a pretty good WrestleMania. I had a lot of fun with it. The Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey beating the Authority, Triple H, and Stephanie McMahon. That was a fun match. Ronda Rousey's debut in the WWE when she slammed Triple H. That was really cool. Uh, That was a cool moment. Undertaker and John Cena. They didn't even know if Undertaker was going to show up. It was just a squash. He squashed John Cena. So that was kind of funny to see John Cena actually squashed. Uh, that that women's battle royale. Kind of interesting that they did that. But Naomi winning was cool. Um, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Matt Hardy won that. That was pretty cool. Uh, the, but those were obviously in the pre-show. The, those last two that I talked about. Which was kind of disappointing. But that was pretty cool still. But the opener... This is one of the best opening matches in the history of WrestleMania. Seth Rollins, The Miz, and Finn Balor. Triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship. Seth Rollins getting that title off of Miz. And this started Seth Rollins' streak of just having great, great Intercontinental Championship matches. I was actually uh, uh, blessed enough to see one of those at the Money in the Bank at the Allstate Arena back in 2018. That was honestly... 
Like, when I tell you, Epic, that was a really fun match. He faced Elias. The crowd was so hyped for that when Elias came out and, and did his little thing. Like, this was when Elias was hot. And uh, Seth Rollins, of course, was very hot at the time with his Intercontinental Championship streak. And he really built off this. So this was a great opener. Charlotte beating Asuka, that was weak to me. It ended Asuka's undefeated streak. That was weak that Charlotte won. Charlotte always wins. That's always weak. Um, Daniel Bryan coming back. That was cool with Shane McMahon beating Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. It was really cool. That Daniel Bryan was back. That was awesome. Not really much to talk about with Nia Jackson, Alexa Bliss, Nia won her championship. I never was a fan of Nia Jackson. She's hurt a lot of people, so you know, not much to talk about there. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Little underwhelming. Thought it was going to be a better match. Glad that AJ won. The Nakamura heel turn was interesting, though. Their feud never got. You know, they had some good matches. I think the best match was the one at Money in the Bank, the one that I actually saw. That was a really good one. But other than that, it was a very underwhelming feud. Um, it just felt like they never wanted to pull the trigger on Nakamura with the championship. A little disappointing. But, I mean, I'm an AJ Styles fan. So, I mean, when I went, I was glad to see him retain his title. But I wouldn't have been mad at all if Nakamura picked up the ship. The main event was Brock Lesnar with Roman Reigns. When uh, Brock Lesnar hit Roman Reigns with about 50,000 F5s and... It took him 50,000 F5s to pick up the win. That was annoying. Roman Reigns just kept kicking out of those F5s. And, you know, Lesnar ended up retaining his Universal Championship. Which didn't make any sense. Like, everybody figured Roman Reigns was going to win. I think that's why they... And then there's the uh, there's the video at um, the WWE 24-7 video. Brock Lesnar's walking backstage and he just throws the title at Vince McMahon. He just didn't care. He was mad about that. So, you know, again, I, I really don't know. There wasn't really a definitive match that you could have said was the main event. Though. It's not, a, again, not a terrible WrestleMania, just nothing really that you could say. Ooh, that should have been the main event. I mean, I guess you know, the triple threat for the Intercontinental Championship, that was the best match, so I guess you could say that, but that was an awesome opener. AJ and Nakamura, maybe I. that's what really should have been the main event. Or Charlotte and Asuka, you could have definitely justified them being in the main event. That could have been the first women's main event because Asuka was undefeated. It's unfortunate that that's what really really killed a lot of her momentum. So it's unfortunate that that happened, but is what it is. But coming in at number 16 is WrestleMania 35. Now, we've had three straight of WrestleMania. We had 33, 34, and now 35. Now, this one would be ranked much, much higher if it was shorter but what is this like a seven hour card i mean my god they this was too long this was too long listen this this is i'll tell you how long this was this started i was actually this day i was at a basketball game in memphis uh to watch dirk Nowitzki play it was his last season and they're playing the grizzlies the card started around halftime of that game the card didn't end until we were driving back uh, from Memphis all the way back to St. Louis. We were almost back to St. Louis by the time this card was over. That's how long this card was. It didn't even. It wasn't even halftime when it started. It was before halftime when the card started. And we were almost back in St. Louis by the time it was over. That's how long this card went. It was insanely long. And that that's what really hurts it. Like, were there some good matches? Yeah. 
for sure. The opener was really entertaining. Seth Rollins beating Brock Lesnar. I loved how Paul Heyman said, oh, if he's not going to be the main event, we're getting it out of the way right now. And then they had a very entertaining match. Rollins picked up the Universal title. And that's where I got nervous, to be honest, because Hulk Hogan started. He was, he was in at the start of the show with Alexa Bliss. And then Rollins picked up the Universal title. So I was like, oh, boy. That means either Becky's not getting a championship or Kofi's not winning. But to me, this would have, even as long as this was, this would have been higher if the main event was what it should have been. Now, listen, I've already said that there were two WrestleManias of the last like five years that could have had a women's main event already. That Especially the triple threat at Mania 32, which was still the best women's WrestleMania match of all time. It's unfortunate that the Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair match, it was a decent match, a botched finish for sure, but it, I was happy for Becky Lynch picking up the two belts. Uh, the shirt that they made was awesome. I actually have it, the Becky two belts. That was a really raw shirt. But the crowd was dead. It was a seven-hour show. What do you expect? Like That's the problem. It was too long of a card for people to really be invested in it. And so... You know, the crowd was kind of dead by this point. And honestly, the crowd was really dead after the Kofi match. Because that's what this is about. You had Batista and Triple H going for almost 30 minutes in a no-holds-barred match. Uh, Triple H would have to retire from in-ring competition if he lost. I don't want to hate on them or anything. But, you know, they were just too old. I'd rather see Batista wrestle somebody else. But Batista wanted to go out that way. That's what he wanted to do. So I feel him. Uh, seeing the demon Finn Balor was cool. He beat Bobby Lashley for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Kurt Angle, one of the saddest retirements ever. Like, that was dumb to me. Like, why would Baron Corbin pick up that win? It just doesn't make any sense. But, oh well. But this is why I love this WrestleMania at the same time. The reason I actually really love this WrestleMania is because of Kofi Kingston. He was the first ever fully black wwe champion never happened before the rock was the only black wwe champion but of course he's also half samoan so we've never had a full black wwe champion until kofi kingston we still haven't had one since then but man and then daniel bryan just being the heel and he was a fantastic heel champion he had that really dope uh hemp championship belt that was awesome like the wood belt that was really cool when Kofi won, I really couldn't believe it. I really thought they were going to do him bogus. And he won, and I was like, oh, my God. And I just remember they pulled – they had, the, uh, they had the, the the real championship belt. Not the real one, but the new one. And they revealed it, and it was Kofi's title. And then they had the shirts made. I still have – I have that shirt. There's a, there's a new champ. Yes, there is. This is Kofi on the back. Beautiful shirt. Beautiful, beautiful moment. That should have been the main event. Because let me tell you, it, everybody was saying it was Kofi Mania. They made a whole WrestleMania uh, logo, like the WrestleMania 35 logo, but it had Kofi's hair at the top and it said Kofi Mania on it. That's what this WrestleMania was about. Let's be honest, it was about Kofi Kingston. If that went on last, the crowd wouldn't have been dead. As long as that card was, that's what killed it. The, car, the, the crowd was absolutely dead after that. It really was. Like, they should have had fewer matches after that because I think... If you shorten the card, the Becky, Ronda, and Charlotte match would have been much more well-received. You know, it's cool that they had a women's main event, but it wasn't the right card to do it, to be honest. You could have done it at WrestleMania 32. 
You could have really done it at 34. You could have even done it at 33, to be honest. Naomi winning the title in the main event would have been cool. I know they wouldn't have done that, but like that would have been cool too to me. But I digress because coming in at number 15 is WrestleMania 3. Now, I know that this will be controversial to some because some people have it way higher on their list. and Some people may have it in the top five. But let's be honest. Do you really watch any of these matches? Other than Ricky Steamboat against Randy Savage. And do you really watch the Hogan-Andre match? Do you really? Yeah, you might watch the end of it. You might watch it one time all the way through. But for a tw- it's a 12-minute match that feels like a 40-minute a match. Like, it's it's pretty boring. Let's be honest. But, but, I cannot, like, like I said about the first WrestleMania, this is, if we're talking about most important WrestleManias, this might, this is probably number one. This is the most important WrestleMania of all time. That's why it comes in as high as it does, despite not having a great card. Now, it also comes in at 15 because there's an absolutely epic match in there. Everybody loves this match. The singles match for the Intercontinental Championship. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat against Randy Macho Man Savage. This one was epic. Savage dropping the title to Ricky Steamboat. I mean, this match was unbelievable. No doubt about it. This match was absolutely unbelievable unbelievable um dangerous danny davis and the hard heart foundation against the british bulldogs and tito santana that was a pretty good match as well but we all know like i said this card is known for two matches it's known for one of the best wrestlemania matches of all time with ricky the dragon steamboat and randy macho man savage and of course like i said even though this isn't a good match you couldn't have any other match be the main event this was the biggest wrestling match in the history of wrestling hulk hogan against andre the giant uh, it start, Hogan tries to slam him at the beginning. He ends up slamming him at the end, and then he hits the leg drop for the one, two, three. I mean, it's an epic moment. There's nothing you can say about it. You can't say Hogan shouldn't have won the match. Like, that's what had to happen. That was an epic, epic match. Like, in terms of spectacle, in terms of importance, the match itself is not very epic. That's for sure. It's not a very epic match. Like, it's not very fun to watch. But, I mean, it is only 12 minutes, so, I mean... If you've never watched it you should watch it one time and i mean or just watch the end i mean the end is very important like it's an important moment in wwe history but you want to watch a match from here yeah like i said i can't stress enough steamboat savage still holds up beautifully to this day it's still an epic five star type match love that match so you know that's why it comes in as high as it does despite some of the wrestlemania's like a lot of these wrestlemania's rank lower than like wrestlemania 3 i've watched more often than WrestleMania 3, but like I had to sit and say, you know, I can't rank it any lower than 15 at this point. Like that'd be disrespectful in my eyes. So it comes in at number 15, but coming in at number 14 is WrestleMania 25. Despite this being a very disappointing WrestleMania, uh, the Money in the Bank ladder match is pretty good as it typically is, except for WrestleMania 26 for whatever reason. That wasn't a very good one, but CM Punk going back to back in Money in the Bank. Um, we all know that the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royale, that was that was despicable that Santina Morella won the the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royale. Like that was supposed to there's they're building up as a moment like to promote women's wrestling and a man dressed as a woman won the battle royal, so that was pretty bad. You had Chris Jericho beating up a bunch of old men. Um Matt Hardy beat Jeff Hardy in a match that you know, we were trying to enjoy, but, you know, it just wasn't fun. It wasn't a fun match to enjoy. It was an Extreme Rules match. Just 
you know, they're going to have a decent match, but like, it just didn't seem right that those two were fighting. Uh, Rey Mysterio and JBL, okay match, I guess. Not really, it's not an okay match. It was a 20-second match. Well, I say okay match only because it's funny. Because, uh, oh, I quit. Like, that was pretty funny. But, yeah, it was a 20-second match. Um, You know, then what should have been the main event, we all know what should have been the main event. And I'll talk about that last. But John Cena, Big Show, and Edge, and Triple Threat Match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Underwhelming. And then Triple H beating Randy Orton, another underwhelming match. That was for the WWE Championship. So John Cena and Triple H both winning championships. Uh, Triple H defending his Cena, winning it off Edge. And those are very underwhelming for the simple fact that they both followed up maybe the greatest match in the history of WrestleMania. That's The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels in their first WrestleMania clash. I mean, this match, this match is why this WrestleMania is ranked as high as it is because it's the WrestleMania match I've probably watched more than any other match in the history of WrestleMania. Listen, if this card, first of all, if Undertaker and Shawn Michaels was the main event, I guarantee you this would have went right up, maybe top 10. It would have been as low as it, if it was the main event, as low as it would have been for me, it was 12 on this list. Alas, it's 14. So it would have been either 10 to 12. I don't think I would have ranked it at 10 personally, but if it was at the main event, it would have been higher than it was. But this match is so, so epic. And I feel bad for like Triple H and Randy Orton because it, it never got going. But again, part of that, that crowd was dead. Like, The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels tore the house down. Like, there's nothing to, like, from everything, the botched spot with Undertaker jumping over and the cameraman not catching him, and it's like, oh, my God. Like, low-key, Undertaker could have died on that spot. And then you have the finishes. Like, those were some of the best finishers, especially from Undertaker's point, that I've ever seen. Like, the choke slam, that was the best choke slam I've ever seen Undertaker do to this day. And Shawn kicks out. And then, oh my God, when Sean kicked out of the tombstone, I mean, oh my God, I couldn't believe it. Like, you never you never really saw anybody kick out of the tombstone before. So, like, that moment right there was just like, oh my God, what is going on? Just an epic match, and then Sean tries the, the flip, and he gets caught for the tombstone and the W for The Undertaker. Just an epic, epic match, but again, this WrestleMania was held down by a pretty lackluster card. They called it the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania, even though it was technically the 24th anniversary of WrestleMania. But I guess nobody wanted to tell Vince that he was wrong. So, I mean, I feel him there. But coming in at number 13 is WrestleMania 18. Now, this is another WrestleMania that is known really for one match, which isn't fair because you had some pretty good matches in here. Let's talk about some of the the good matches that we had in here, uh, despite the match that everybody knows. Undertaker and Ric Flair, man, they threw down. It was a no-DQ match. This was a great match. I still love this match to this day, a bloody affair. That was awesome. Love that match. Undertaker, another nod to his streak, even though they weren't addressing it really yet. They didn't really start addressing it to WrestleMania 21. But, yeah, the Undertaker, again, put another notch on his belt, beating Ric Flair. And this was, like, kind of the return of Ric Flair. That's where Ric Flair was like, all right, this is Ric Flair. Edge and Booker T, it was a short match, but it was good. And you knew Edge and Booker T were going to have a good match. They just they didn't really get enough time. It was only six and a half minutes, but still a pretty entertaining match. Triple H and Jericho for the Undisputed WWF Championship was the main event. Listen, it's a pretty good match, actually. Like, people don't give that match enough credit. It's a pretty good match. 
It's just they had the impossible task of following up The Rock and Hulk Hogan. Like, that wasn't fair. I still don't get to this day. Like, for all of those years that Hulk Hogan was getting main event after main event after main... Hulk Hogan got a main event where the WWF Championship match was Ric Flair and Randy Savage. And Hulk Hogan was the main event. But now in WrestleMania 18, somehow the Hulk Hollywood Hulk Hogan is fighting The Rock at WrestleMania, and it's not the main event. Still makes no sense to this day. Now, let's talk about that match, because this is my favorite Hulk Hogan match for sure, and it's not even a good match. Like, there's there's no really epic Hulk Hogan matches in terms of like wrestling acumen. There's not. The good Hulk Hogan matches are just like have really good spots. And it's really, like, it's not a wrestling match per se, but, like, it's a fun match to watch. And, of course, like, you know, the moment is, you know, where Hulk Hogan hulks up. Like, that's an epic moment. It is. Like, the crowd was going crazy. He hits the leg, and you think he's going to win, and The Rock kicks out. And I'm glad The Rock won. He should have won. Of course he should have won. But the crowd wanted Hogan to win. They, they He was a heel at the time. The, the, the crowd was going crazy for Hulk Hogan. Like, you know, they missed him. They missed it. It was a long time. So... An epic, epic match between The Rock and Hulk Hogan. Should have been the main event, of course. Everybody knows it. Like, I feel so bad for Triple H and Jericho. Because I think if you flip, there was uh, there was technically 12 matches on the card. If you move Triple H and Jericho to that 10 spot and then The Rock and Hogan to the main event, the 12 spot, this would have been a much better off show because the crowd was just waiting for Rock and Hogan. That's what everybody cared about. I mean, they... I just don't understand. Like, it was Icon versus Icon. It was on the poster. Like, how is that not the main event? It really doesn't make any sense still to this day. Uh, still very confused by that. But, alas, still, it was an epic moment. And then you had Undertaker and Ric Flair. Just, that match is, that was the match of the night for sure in terms of, like, like best match. If you, like, you're ranking it by stars, I guess. But, at the end of the day, Rock and Hogan, they, they tore the house down. That was awesome. It was an awesome match. My favorite Hogan match, for sure. Like, that's a Hogan match I'll actually watch. Other Hogan matches, not really interested, to be honest. Like, sometimes, maybe I'll throw on the Warrior Hogan match, just, you know, for significance. And, you know, another one that Hogan lost, it was kind of cool. But, you know, I have to, like, watch that maybe every few years or so. Like, it's not something I can watch often. But the Hogan-Rock one is one that I can watch you know, fairly often, especially the crowd makes it fun to watch. But coming in at number 12 is WrestleMania 26. Now, another disappointing card, kind of, but I really enjoyed it um, because of one match, really. I mean, when you really think about it, like Bret Hart, Mr. McMahon, weak. Uh, Rey Mysterio, CM Punk, not a bad match, but really short. Triple H, Sheamus, weird. The Money in the Bank match was very underwhelming. And the winner made it even worse. Jack Swagger. Probably the worst out of all those guys on there. There were so many other guys I would rather see. Like Christian was in there. Dolph Ziggler. Even, heck, even Drew McIntyre as young as he was. Uh, Evan Bourne, Kane, Kofi Kingston, Matt Hardy, MVP, Shelton Benjamin. Any one of those guys I would have rather seen win that than Jack Swagger. I, mean, I remember it being really upset. Like MVP, Shelton Benjamin. Kofi Kingston, those three guys were the ones I would have wanted to see. Any of those three, to be honest. Really, MVP. I always want to see MVP win the World Heavyweight Championship. Like, that was something I always wanted to see. But we did have three uh, pretty fun matches to me. 
Chris Jericho and Edge for the World Heavyweight Championship. Chris Jericho defending his title against Edge. That was a really fun match. Enjoy it still to this day a lot. John Cena and Batista. Uh, he makes Batista tap out. Batista was the WWE champion at the time. Decent match. Nothing great, but like it kind of felt like it was too little too late for these two to fight at WrestleMania. Like That match probably should have happened maybe WrestleMania 25. I don't know. Yeah, Batista was hurt. Maybe 24, you know. Was he hurt then too? Yeah. No, he wasn't. He was in there. Yeah, Batista was in there. Yeah, so honestly, WrestleMania 24 would have been the time to have that match in my opinion. But, I mean, WrestleMania 24 was great. Don't get me wrong. So, like, there's nothing. But, you know, a pretty decent match. But, of course, the main event, Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, the rematch, not as good as the first in my opinion. But it was epic. It was a no DQ match, streak versus career. HBK's career on the line. HBK's retired by The Undertaker until Saudi Arabia happened. But <laughs> Undertaker beating Shawn Michaels, just a great moment. Shawn Michaels is basically out. Undertaker tells him to stay down. He does the thumb across the throat and slaps him. Undertaker hits him with the tombstone, and that's it. But I mean, a lot of great moments in this match, too, to be honest. I mean, is almost as good as the first one. It's the sequel's almost never as good as the first, and this came very close to doing so. Uh, so that really saved the card. Like I said, the John Cena Batista match I didn't hate. I just don't really love it or anything like that. And then the Jericho Edge match I actually really enjoy. So that's why WrestleMania 26 is where it is because as great as the 25 match was with Undertaker and Shawn, it wasn't the main event. And it wasn't really any other matches that I like really enjoyed but 26 i really did enjoy edge and jericho and then undertaker sean was the main event and it was almost as good as the first one the first one was better wrestling but this was better storytelling this was definitely the better storytelling one so again i really love this wrestlemania that's why it comes in as high as it does coming in at 11 though is wrestlemania 28 two years later a lot of people don't like this one i understand why I think this is a great WrestleMania because there are three matches that I really, really like a lot. Undertaker and Triple H, the rematch in a Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. All I got to say, they, they got 30 minutes and 50 seconds, and it was worth every second you were glued to the edge of your seat. This was the first time I really thought the streak was dead. Shawn Michaels hits Undertaker with the sweet chin music right into the pedigree. And that looked like, the, and Sean goes for the cover and Undertaker somehow kicks out. Like, Undertaker is just that dude, man. He is that dude to kick out of that. Like, unbelievable. Great, great Hell in a Cell match. It was the end of an era, even though all three of those guys ended up wrestling again. Even Shawn Michaels did in Saudi Arabia. So, all wrestled each other, as a matter of fact, at Kane in there. So, you know, but it was it was a great moment. Great, great match. Maybe that should have been the well, you couldn't say it was gonna be the main event, because you know what the main event was gonna be. But CM Punk and Chris Jericho in the second to last match of the night. I love this match a lot. Punk defending his WWE championship. Punk couldn't be disqualified because if he was, he would have lost the title. Great match. He has Jericho tap out to the Anaconda Vice. Great, great match. And they got a lot of time. They got twenty two minutes, but the main event had to be The Rock and John Cena. It was their first match, and The Rock beating John Cena made it all the more satisfying. It was in Miami. 
everybody loved that ending. Like, you can't tell me you didn't love the ending. It might be a little slower match. To me, this match is way better than the sequel at 29. I enjoy this match a lot. So, again, a, a WrestleMania that I don't think gets the love that it deserves because, I mean, you had three, to me, really good matches, matches that I enjoyed. It's just outside the top 10, but I couldn't put it in the top 10 because I couldn't rank it higher than any of the ones I had personally in the top 10. But coming in at number 10, honestly, this was a tough decision. I'm not going to lie. But coming in at number 10 is WrestleMania 21. Now, it barely gets beat by 20. I'm going to talk about 20 in a second, but let's see. Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, fantastic start. The Money in the Bank ladder match, the original Money in the Bank ladder match, fantastic. Shelton Benjamin running up the ladder, epic, epic spot. Undertaker, Randy Orton, epic match. Randy Orton uh, countering the chokeslam into an RKO, how awesome was that? Then you have Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. Once again, Shawn Michaels involved in possibly the greatest match in the history of WrestleMania. Again, I'm doing that ranking. Best believe that Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels is going to be in the top five. I already know that for sure. I, I could tell you that. I could tell you that and that Undertaker, Shawn, uh, WrestleMania 25 is going to be in the top five. Those are the ones I can tell you for sure are going to be in the top five because those were epic, epic matches. So you had really, you had four awesome matches right off the bat. But the problem is, the big problem with me for WrestleMania 21 is the ending. And this is why, again, John Cena beat JBL, boring match. Batista beat Triple H, boring match. Batista and Triple H had two more matches after that, and they were both way better than this one. This one was kind of lame to me. I mean, everybody knew that this was going to be the changing of the guard with John Cena getting the WWE title. And then Batista getting the world title. But like underwhelming matches to be honest. One thing I will say about the Batista Triple H match. Is that it was pretty awesome that Motorhead played Triple H out there live. That was epic. That's an epic entrance. Triple H coming out with the belt. That was raw. No doubt about it. But the match was definitely underwhelming. Kurt Angle, Sean should have been the main event. You knew it wouldn't be. But like it should have. You know it should have been. It was by far the best match. It was also the longest match. Like, but you knew Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, it's going to be a five-star match. That's no doubt about it. But again, I really, really just, man, it, I felt bad ranking it at 10. But like the end of the show was just disappointing. I watched the whole thing and it was like, wow. After Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, it was just very underwhelming. You had big show against that sumo wrestler in a sumo match. Like that was dumb. And then. John Cena, JBL, Batista, Triple H, underwhelmed. Other than the Triple H entrance with Motorhead, that was really awesome. But, I mean, it's not about the entrance. It's about the actual match. And Like, especially the fact that Batista and Triple H had better matches. than John Cena, JBL had better. They had that I quit match. That was epic. That was a really epic match. This one, the, both of these matches were kind of lame. So that's why, despite having, you know, four awesome matches on the card that I truly love, it actually gets ranked lower than my number nine one, which is WrestleMania 20, the one the year before. Now, this one started off with John Cena beating the Big Show for the U.S. title. Entertaining match. Um, Christian and Chris Jericho. 
you know, not a, you know, a decent match, you know, a little underwhelming for those two probably could have done better. I really liked that the evolution versus rock and sock connection match. It was the rocks final match, uh, before coming back, uh, for WrestleMania 28. Well, he did, he did fight, um, forgot what event it was. I think it might've been survivor series or something at MSG where he teamed up with John Cena against, uh, the Miz and R-Truth. So that did happen. But like I said, it, it was his final match until then. So that was pretty cool. Um, Goldberg and Brock Lesnar was horrible. We all know that. It's honestly a pretty underwhelming WrestleMania card when you think about it. Until the end. And that's where, to me, this event gets elevated. And maybe I'm doing a disservice to 21. Because thinking about it. 21 might be the better WrestleMania. It is the better WrestleMania overall. It's better matches for sure. The thing is, you had Eddie Guerrero beating Kurt Angle for the WWE Championship. Great match. Of course it is. Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle are going to put on a classic. And the ending was great. Kurt's got the ankle lock in, and he doesn't. Eddie unties his boot. Kurt gets it back in, and he slips out of the boot, rolls him up for the win, holds the ropes, and stole his, he stole his title kept his title by stealing it great then the main event listen i know what chris benoit did was horrible but that doesn't change the fact that the main event of wrestlemania 20 was epic and to me those two matches make up for it chris benoit beating triple h and Shawn michaels he made triple h tap out and then the end of the match to me i know it's terrible what Chris Benoit did, but it doesn't take away to me for the fact that that's still a great moment at the end when Eddie Guerrero comes out with his title and him and Benoit celebrate together with the confetti coming down. It was a beautiful moment and I'm not here to, there's no, you can't defend what Chris Benoit did. It was horrible. I don't even really want to talk about it that much, but like if you don't know what I'm talking about, just go look up the dark side of the ring. Chris Benoit, it's a two-parter, it's, it's really great. But at the same time, like, that's still a beautiful moment in wrestling history. I just don't think it's right that we just, you know, ignore what Chris Benoit did in the ring. Like, he's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I got a, you know, one of my friends, that was his favorite wrestler as a kid. I've got homies who loved Chris Benoit when, when they were kids growing up watching him. So that's why for me, this one is... It's kind of a disappointing card, but the end of this the end of this show just makes up for it. Listen, if WrestleMania 21 had better ending to it, like if those two ending matches were better, then yeah, WrestleMania 21 would have been way higher. It could have been like a top five WrestleMania, to be honest. But the way WrestleMania 20 closed is just too great for me. You know, if I ever do this list again, the next time I may rank WrestleMania 21 higher, to be honest. But at this point... When I watched WrestleMania 20, I just still really love the ending of it. It just, it's a very emotional ending. I still get chills watching it. So that's why I ranked it where I did. But coming in at number eight is WrestleMania 10, the only one of the original 10 WrestleManias to make it in the top 10. And this one is fantastic. Still holds up to this day. You've got three A plus check marks for this match, for the, not match, uh, card, excuse me. The first one was the opener with Owen Hart defeating Bret Hart in a mat, a 20-minute match that was just epic. Storytelling, some of the best storytelling in the history of wrestling and on almost any other wrestling card. This is the match of the night. Steals the show. But then you get 
A plus check mark number two. Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels in technically the second ladder match in the history of WWF, but this is the one that everybody remembers being their first ladder match watching. Epic, epic ladder match for the undisputed WWF Intercontinental Championship. Razor Ramon defeating Shawn Michaels. There was two belts up there. Razor Ramon getting the titles. And then in the card ends with Bret Hart making up for the terrible ending of WrestleMania 9, winning the WWF Championship by defeating Yokozuna. And this is how the, um, the, the card works. So Bret Hart and um, <clears throat> Bret Hart and Lex Luger both had title opportunities against Yokozuna. At WrestleMania. So Lex Luger fought Yokozuna first. And Yokozuna beat him. But Bret Hart had the match against Owen Hart at the beginning. And Bret Hart lost. Then Bret Hart beats Yokozuna for the championship. And it's the great with Roddy Piper as the special guest referee. And you got the roster carrying him at the end. That's just a great moment. And that's another, not an A-plus match for sure. But an A-plus moment right there. Again, Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels of course stole the show. And leave it to Shawn Michaels to take spotlight away from Bret Hart. <laughs> Only Shawn would do that. But man, just this is an epic WrestleMania to me. Still holds up to this day very, very well. Still a very, very enjoyable WrestleMania. There's not much else I can say negatively about this WrestleMania. Like it's just a great mania. But coming in at number seven is WrestleMania 31. Now we're ranking the worst builds to the history of wrestlemania this one has got to be right at the top the build to this wrestlemania was absolutely horrible like nobody was expecting a good wrestlemania i wasn't i thought this was going to be terrible starts off with a ladder match for the intercontinental championship great great match daniel bryan and dolph ziggler finished the match on the top of the ladder headbutting each other see who can make daniel bryan retire faster and daniel bryan ends up getting the win gets the intercontinental title randy orton and seth rollins in a very entertaining singles match with randy orton hitting one of his best rkos ever off the uh, seth rollins um off the stomp counters it right into an rko the triple h sting match had a very lackluster build but it turned into just a very fun match it was like a what you wanted to see back in the 90s when wwe acquired wcw you had the nwo and sting facing off against dx i mean that was pretty fun and then the only negative about that was the fact that triple h won still doesn't make any sense why triple h would beat sting i mean it's kind of dumb to me but again it is what it is still a very fun match still can go back and watch it aj lee and page defeating the bella twins that was a fun tag match. They only got six minutes, though. They should have definitely got, like, 12. That's kind of unfair. John Cena and Rusev had a fun United States title match. Uh, Rusev coming out in a tank. How epic was that? That was absolutely epic. Then John Cena wins the U.S. title. You don't think it's going to go well, but, boy, John Cena, that was one of his best uh, moments of his career after that because he had the united states open challenge he was putting on five-star classic after five-star classic with so many great guys finn balor cesaro i mean he just had so many great matches uh i saw one of those matches not um i didn't get to see any of the 
United States Open challenges, but I did see him defend the title against Kevin Owens at Battleground in St. Louis. That was a fun match. So John Cena really did a lot with that U.S. title. So it makes that moment even better. John Cena winning the title. Undertaker and Bray Wyatt was definitely fun. Way better than Undertaker's WrestleMania 30 match. But, you know, the problem was it was in the light. Like, you can't have an Undertaker match in light. Like, that just, you know, the sun was out. So that kind of ruined it. But the main event, which nobody was looking forward to, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. Let's just exit what happens when Seth Rollins comes in because he's the money in the bank briefcase holder. Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar were throwing down an epic match. It was it was all kinds of epic. It was a lot of fun. And then Seth Rollins' music comes out and Seth cashes in money in the bank and ends up pinning Roman Reigns to get to steal the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Can't stress enough how awesome that moment was. It, it shocked us all. It was everybody thought Roman was going to win. I will say it's pretty bogus that they didn't even tell Roman's family that that was happening because they were all at the stadium expecting Roman to get that championship. So that was pretty bogus, but got to do what you got to do, I guess. Should have just told the family, but that's why WrestleMania 31 still holds up very well. Very enjoyable WrestleMania. But coming in at number six is WrestleMania 30. Now, you want to talk about a WrestleMania that gives the fans what they want? This was it. It starts off with Daniel Bryan beating Triple H. uh, And the winner would be entered in the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match, which was the main event. Daniel Bryan gets the win over Triple H. And then you have, you know, the Shield New Age Outlaws match. New Age Outlaws also had Kane with them. Pretty short, boring match. Cesaro winning the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. That was cool, especially when he eliminated Big Show the way he did. That was a cool moment. John Cena beating Bray Wyatt, as upsetting as that was, go back and watch that match. It's a lot better than you remember it. It's a very entertaining match. Brock Lesnar and The Undertaker. We all know that that match was horrible. But, but, the moment, as much as we were all super angry about we all were we were all shocked we were all angry probably still are angry that Brock Lesnar broke the streak you can't stress enough that this turned Brock Lesnar back into a mainstream monster attraction it turned Brock Lesnar back into what Brock Lesnar used to be he wasn't that when he first came back to WWE they tried to make him that but he wasn't that until he beat the Undertaker streak that changed everything for Brock so and listen there was nothing more surprising than that. As great as it would have been for CM Punk to break the streak at 29, that wouldn't have been as surprising as Brock Lesnar breaking the streak. That was absolutely shocking. Nobody saw it coming. I sure, I sure didn't. And then, of course, the main event, Daniel Bryan, Batista, and Randy Orton, a very entertaining triple threat match. It looked like Batista, the Batista palm into the RKO through the table. That was an awesome spot. And then Daniel Bryan rips through the, um, the stretcher. Gets back up and ends up getting Batista to tap out and wins the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Just an epic moment. Turned WrestleMania into Yeslemania. WWE, because the fans basically took over, they gave the fans what they wanted. So, gotta have this way up high. Some people have it higher than that. So, I totally get it. Love this WrestleMania. Just not in the top five for me. Because coming in number five is WrestleMania 23. In my opinion, this 
is the most underrated WrestleMania of all time. First of all, let's talk about from a promotional standpoint. This this is by far. If we're ranking WrestleManias in terms of hype, this is right up there. With this, it, I would say it's this one in WrestleMania 17 that are the two best hyped WrestleManias of all time. You had such great, great matches. It was highlighted by three of them. Undertaker and Batista for Batista's World Heavyweight Championship. John Cena and Shawn Michaels for John Cena's WWE Championship. By the way, John Cena and Shawn Michaels were also the World Tag Team Champions at that point. And then you had Bobby Lashley representing Donald Trump and Umaga representing Mr. McMahon in the Battle of the Billionaires with Stone Cold Steve Austin as the special guest referee. If Bobby Lashley loses, Donald Trump gets his head shaved. If Umaga loses, Vince McMahon gets his head shaved. I mean, right there, like the promoting for this match was off the charts. This I remember this vividly watching every Raw SmackDown just being so hyped for this WrestleMania. Wanting The Undertaker to be world champion. Wanting Shawn Michaels to be WWE champion. And at the time, of course, wanting Vince McMahon to get his head shaved. Nobody hated Donald Trump yet. So... How did it live up to the height? Well, I got it at number five, so it obviously did a pretty good job. Um, it started off Money in the Bank ladder match, arguably the best Money in the Bank ladder match. The spot with Jeff Hardy jumping from a 20-foot ladder right through edge on the on the other ladder. Great spot. Mr. Kennedy ends up picking up the win. <laughs> King Booker, who could have had the briefcase, but Matt Hardy was about to do Twist of Fate to Queen Charmel. <laughs> he comes to his aid and... JBL on the commentary. That's what women will get you. I always loved that line by him. So that was epic. Too bad for Mr. Kennedy that, you know, things happen. Injury happened and Edge ends up getting the briefcase. You look back on it, maybe Edge should have just won the match. But unfortunately, that's not what happened. Edge had a tremendous cash into that money in the bank, though. That was a tremendous uh, ultimate opportunist move by Edge for sure. Chris Benoit and Montel Vontamius Porter MVP for the U.S. title. People don't talk about this match enough. You know, Chris Benoit was amazing at wrestling, and this was just another feather in the cap for Benoit in what obviously would have been a Hall of Fame career, like JBL was saying in the broadcast. Great, great match. This one was very underrated. People don't talk about it enough. Benoit beating MVP. This was an epic, epic match. Undertaker and Batista. They had a great trilogy. They had more after that, but the original trilogy that they had, all three matches were great. This WrestleMania match was great, and it might be the it's probably the worst one out of those three, and that's why people don't talk about this match enough. But I love this match. Batista took the fight to The Undertaker. He was the world champion. The Undertaker does end up picking up the win and winning the world championship. It was his first world title in about 10 years, so that was awesome. ECW Originals versus The New Breed. Boring match, not very good. Great Kali Kane, another not good match, of course. And then, of course, the Bobby Lashley Umaga match, the hair versus hair. Not a great match or anything. It's only 13 minutes, though, but it's very, very entertaining nonetheless. And Stone Cold in there, of course. And Stone Cold hitting the Donald with the stunner just, it holds up even better today than it did back then. That was great. And, of course, Mr. McMahon getting his head shaved. That was awesome. It still is awesome. It's hilarious watching that to this day. I remember that laughing. Melina and Ashley, not a great match. It wasn't their fault, though. It wasn't their fault. They only got three minutes and 40 seconds. Like, that wasn't fair to them. 
Like, they did what they could, to be honest. And then the main event was an epic, epic main event. 30 minutes, John Cena and Shawn Michaels got. And the reason that WrestleMania 23 isn't higher is because the wrong person won that match. I will tell you to this day, much problems I have with John Cena winning many matches. This was the one where, and I was a kid when this was going on. So Shawn Michaels was my favorite wrestler at the time. For sure. He was always my favorite. I liked Undertaker. And I did kind of like John Cena. But I was starting to not like John Cena a little bit. I didn't like that he beat Triple H at WrestleMania 22. Because I definitely like Triple H more than John Cena. But this was the moment where I started hating John Cena. When he beat Shawn Michaels, that was it. I was heated. I was so mad. And I'm still mad about it to this day. I think Shawn Shawn Michaels came out with one of his best ring attires. with With the red and white attire. And then he had like the... The top on with the with the crosses, that was so cool. Such an awesome outfit. And he came up to DX, the DX theme. That was just awesome. I was like, man, Shawn Michaels got to win the title for DX, man. Because honestly, if you didn't know, the main event was really supposed to be Triple H and John Cena, but Triple H tore, tore his quad. So Shawn Michaels replaced him at this WrestleMania. And listen, they put on a classic. And I know that they say that Shawn Michaels wanted John Cena to win, but like, like they should have known everybody wanted Shawn to win that title. Like, who didn't want to see other than like the little kids, I guess. But even I was a, I, I wasn't a little kid. I was just a, I was a kid though, and I really wanted. I was a middle schooler, and I really wanted Shawn Michaels to win that title. Like, almost everybody in that crowd wanted to see Shawn win the title. They wanted to see Undertaker win the title, and they wanted to see Shawn win his title. It's unfortunate that Sean, to this day, like, like why couldn't Sean have a nice little long championship reign? Maybe even just till SummerSlam. Like, John Cena had enough championships, and he was going to win way more. Like, wasn't going to do anything. To, it wasn't going to hurt John Cena because he lost to Shawn Michaels, the GOAT. But, you know, still an awesome WrestleMania. Doesn't get the proper respect that it deserves. A very, very fun WrestleMania. But... Coming in at number four is WrestleMania 22, the previous WrestleMania. The la- It was called WrestleMania Big Time, but I guess they should have called it Small Time because it was the final WrestleMania in a stadium. It was at Allstate Arena in Rosemont, Chicago suburb, and this was a great WrestleMania. Like It was just a great, great WrestleMania. The second Money in the Bank ladder match took everything that you love from the first and upped it. Rob Van Dam winning the Money in the Bank was awesome. And then we all know what happened in his cash-in, winning the championship from John Cena. That was great. JBL and Benoit, pretty good match. JBL stealing the title from Benoit. Pretty funny way for him to do it. The United States Championship match. Uh... (laughs) Boogeyman and Booker T and Charmel, that was an interesting match, uh, to say the least. The casket match with Undertaker and Mark Henry, pretty lame match. This was the second match where they finally were introducing the streak, though. Of course, Undertaker won. You knew he would. Um, But yeah, the Undertaker and Randy Orton match from the year before at WrestleMania 21, that was the first time they really started addressing the streak, and then that's where the Undertaker really went on his streak of, of great WrestleMania matches. This was just the one dud. But from WrestleMania 21 to 29, he had fantastic matches, you know? Like, he just, fantastic WrestleMania matches. This was the only dud out of all of them. And yet, this this event is still very high. And it's really high because of a few matches. So, the first one I'll talk about is the triple threat match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Rey Mysterio beating Randy Orton and Kurt Angle, the champion. 
winning the world title for the late Eddie Guerrero. This was an emotional night. Eddie Guerrero was inducted into the Hall of Fame the night before, and it was a very emotional night. Rey Mysterio was able to win the title. Just a great, great moment for him. And you had Mickey James and Trish Stratus for the Women's Championship. A controversial match to say the least, but boy, did Mickey James get the crowd behind her. What a great feud. What a great win for Mickey James. The finish was definitely botched, but Mickey James is able to pick up Trish Stratus's title. I mean, like like I said, the build was great. Mickey James starts off as this crazy Trish Stratus fan, and it goes from, you know, harmless fun to, oh, she's kind of dangerous. She's absolutely crazy. And then Mickey James is able to take her title from her at WrestleMania. Just a, a really fun match. Wish they would have got a little bit longer. But boy, Mickey James did some inappropriate stuff that was very, very well known. They actually cut out some of it from the WWE Network. Um, but still a great, great match. But the main event was John Cena and Triple H. And the match for the WWE Championship. Triple H, this was the debut of the King of Kings song where... Triple H is on this throne and they're playing the King of Kings song and then the the game, his regular song comes on and he gets off the great entrance for Triple H. John Cena had his little gangster entrance with shout out to CM Punk. He was one of the gangsters on his car. That's always funny to see CM Punk there. The next year he'd make his WrestleMania debut. But man, this was a very great match too. Wish Triple H won, but this is the first match where the crowd was, first WrestleMania match at least, where the crowd was turned on John Cena and it was great to see. Triple H hit him with the DX crop chop. Of course, Sean hit it earlier in the night, and it was kind of just a little teaser of, oh, here we go, DX. DX is back, maybe? But, of course, the two matches that everybody remembers that I will always remember, of course, Edge against Mick Foley in that hardcore match. Just, I mean, all the amazing spots from Mick Foley having the barbed wire on his chest. Edge speared him and got cut open to the barbed wire bat they both used on each other, to Edge getting slammed into the tacks that he poured out there, had thumbtacks in his back by the end of the match still. Like, unbelievable. And then, of course, the final spot. Those two guys are insane for doing it. Edge spearing Mick Foley through a flaming table and picking up the win. They literally poured lighter fluid on the table and lead a set the table on fire and edge spears Mick Foley right through it. Just an unbelievable ending. And then, you know, Joey starts, Oh my God, just an unbelievable match. That was only to possibly be outdone by Shawn Michaels and Mr. McMahon in a no holds barred match. Shawn Michaels beating Mr. McMahon to a bloody pulp. It was like, you know, the Spirit Squad tried to get on. Shawn Michaels was able to fight off the Spirit Squad, the annoying Spirit Squad. And then, you know, Shane looked like it looked like Shawn was going to once again join the Kiss My Ass Club from Mr. McMahon. Shawn hits Shane and puts Shane's face in Mr. McMahon's behind. <laughs> and then, uh, of course, he takes the handcuffs that Shane brought and handcuffs Shane McMahon there, hits him with the kendo stick a bunch of times. He smacks Mr. McMahon with the chair. He gets the ladder up. He puts McMahon on the table. Looks like he's going to jump through it, but he says, oh, no, 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 no. He throws the ladder off, and the fans start booing. Nope. He throws two garbage cans in there. He smacks McMahon with one of them. Puts McMahon in the other garbage can, and he takes off this other ladder. It's like about a 30-foot ladder. And Sean climbs to the top of this 30-foot ladder. 
And he's at the top. And it looks like he's at the top of the stadium, for gosh sakes. Hits him with the DX crop chop. Suck it. And smashes with the flying elbow through the table. And Mr. McMahon in the garbage can. Right through the garbage can as well. Just an unbelievable spot. I still can't believe they did. I can't believe that that and the flaming spear table spot were both in the same card. Just two amazing spots. And then Sean wasn't finished. He said, I want you to look in my eyes. I'm going to kick your teeth down your throat. And then he hits him with that sweet chin music and ends it. And, of course, the final image is Mr. McMahon on the stretcher. Holding up the middle finger at Shawn Michaels as defiant as ever as JR said. Say as God is my witness, Satan is breathing. The devil on earth himself lives. <laughs> Something like that. Just hilarious how much JR and Vince had that beef in the WWE. That was hilarious too. So again, just another epic WrestleMania. But coming in at number three, we're in the top three now. It's WrestleMania 24. Another really great wrestlemania that uh people really do give their respect to i I would say um like i said there are some great matches the money in the bank ladder match delivers as usual cm punk wins his first money in the bank ladder match you had batista and umaga not a bad match to be honest it was an interpromotional singles match batista gets the win um sean michaels and rick flair you know that's what this that's what everybody remembers this wrestlemania for the career-threatening match it was Ric Flair's final match in ring for WWE, at least. You know, obviously, he went to TNA. But this match had everything. I mean, they really made you think that Ric Flair was actually going to beat Shawn Michaels. But, of course, you know, the, the, the final nail in the coffin, the I'm sorry, I love you, and then the sweet chin music, and then the one, two, three, and that's it. And then you had a triple threat match for the WWE title. Randy Orton beating John Cena and Triple H. That was a very entertaining triple threat match. Randy Orton retaining his WWE title. That was an awesome match. Floyd Money Mayweather and the Big Show in a no DQ match. It was really funny how the, the fans were cheering for Big Show. That was a very fun match. It was only 11 minutes. It was a very fun match, though, Floyd Mayweather at WrestleMania. I was rooting for Floyd at the time. You know, I'm a Floyd fan in the ring at least so but you know a lot of wwe fans didn't like him and a lot of people just don't like him so typical that they're gonna root against him but floyd obviously was gonna win you you knew that was gonna happen hit him with the brass knucks and then the undertaker and edge in the main event for the world heavyweight championship edge was the world champion undertaker gets him to tap out to the hell's gate that was a great match. Undertaker for the second WrestleMania in a row wins the World Heavyweight Championship. It was a really great main event. People don't talk about it enough. Only because Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair, it's kind of a, it's really a disservice to Undertaker and Edge that that was the main event. The main event should have been Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Like that, that should have been the main event. But again, like I said, there were so many, there was, you know, one, two, three, four, five matches that I really was very entertained by. Even Batista Umaga I liked. So like six matches that I liked in this match, in this uh, event, excuse me. Another great WrestleMania, one of the best ever. Uh, I have it at number three, uh, but again, it's it's sealed in at a spot at number three. Now for me at the top five, 24, 22, and 23, it was really hard to rank those three. I mean, because I could have flipped them either way. I think, like I said, if Shawn Michaels won that WWE Championship at 23, 23 would be number three, possibly number two. But coming in at number two is WrestleMania 19, another fantastic 
WrestleMania. Uh, the Cruiserweight Championship match with Matt Hardy and Rey Mysterio. Really fun five-minute match. Probably should have got more time. Undertaker against Big Show and A-Train. That wasn't a very good match. But, you know, Undertaker still got the win. Um, Team Angle with Charlie Haas and Sheldon Benjamin. Sheldon Benjamin actually getting a win at WrestleMania. Defeating uh, Benoit and Rhino. And then Los Guerreros, Chavo Guerrero, and Eddie Guerrero. Uh... That was a really fun triple threat tag championship match with Sheldon Benjamin, like I said, actually getting a win at WrestleMania. Wish he would have won a Money in the Bank ladder match. He deserved to because he has, like Sheldon Benjamin is number one for best spots in the history of Money in the Bank. No doubt about it. Then you got Shawn Michaels and Chris Jericho who tore the house down with their match. Just unbelievable match. And then the Jericho, who's already healed but really solidified his heel status after the match with the low blow. And then Triple H against Booker T. Listen, it's really bogus that Booker T lost that match. It's very, very short-sighted for WWE not to put the world title on Booker T. Again, like just the way that they built, there was some races, there was a lot of racism in the promos that Triple H cut. It would have been one thing if Booker T won the title, but he didn't, and that was just... I just I never have felt right about that. Hulk Hogan and Mr. McMahon in a street fight. It was a 20-minute match. It's not a good match, but it's a great brawl. Like they were just beating the hell out of each other. It's just fun. Two old guys just beating each other to a pulp. Like that's what you wish you could have seen for Bret Hart and Mr. McMahon. If they did that at like WrestleMania 20, they could have, but you know, Bret Hart took him a long time to forgive Mr. McMahon and actually come back. But that was a very fun match. Hogan would have had to retire if he lost, but he did beat Mr. McMahon. So, like, that was a really fun match. Then, of course, you have the final match between The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin, which you could argue was their best one. I'd say it's their second best, but an epic, epic match. And it was the, you know, the farewell for WWE fans to the in-ring career of Stone Cold Steve Austin, possibly the GOAT of WWE. So, just an epic, epic match. And then... The main event was really fun too. Brock Lesnar and Kurt Angle. Listen, it would have been better if Brock Lesnar actually hit his shooting star press the way he was supposed to. But man, that guy is insane. He almost died and he was still able to kick out of the cover that Angle did and hit the F5 for the win. Like this man could barely like see straight and he was still able to finish the match. Like you got to give Brock Lesnar all the credit in the world winning the WWE title. Like, that dude is just insane for even trying a shooting star press. And he, he literally almost died. He could have been paralyzed the way he missed it. So, WrestleMania 19 is, to me, it's firm and it's number two slot. But, like, listen, everybody knows what number one is. Everybody's talked about it. Every wrestling fan knows that number one is WrestleMania 17. It's not a surprise. There's no controversy here with this ranking. Like, you know, you, you could try to get cute and be, well, what about maybe maybe WrestleMania 19 is the greatest WrestleMania of all. No, stop it. Stop it. There's no WrestleMania that even comes close. Like, it's really not a competition at this point. Would I love to see a WrestleMania that could come close to it? Sure. But let's be honest. Like, this, from the jump, this match went off the chain. Chris Jericho and William Regal for the Intercontinental title. Fun seven-minute match. Uh, Eddie Guerrero and Test. Fun European Championship match. Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit in a 14-minute match. I mean, you know they're going to tear the house down. Uh, China beating Ivory for the Women's Championship. It's kind of China's final little 
moment that we got with her it was a fun squash for her. You know, it was really the final moment we got with China too. Rest in peace to the great China. Rest in peace to Eddie Guerrero as well. Uh, I didn't get to say that, but man, yeah, Eddie Guerrero was just, he was that dude, man. Uh, Shane McMahon and Mr. McMahon, Shane beating Vince in a street fight with Mick Foley as the special guest referee. That was an incredibly fun match as well. And then, of course, you had Undertaker and Triple H. Was at, they never mentioned it in their two their final two WrestleMania matches, but they did fight in WrestleMania 17, WrestleMania X7, as it's also known. Really fun 18-minute match. But this match is or this event, of course, is known for two matches above all. The sequel, the tables, ladders, and chairs match for the WWF Tag Team Championships between Edge and Christian, the Dudley Boys, and the Hardy Boys. With Edge and Christian once again winning the tag team championships. Like there's there's not much you can say about this match except, oh my god, what an effing match. Like I just, I mean it's just like this match is just unbelievable. It's so good. Like on any other card you would say that oh this should have been the main event. But you know Stone Cold and The Rock had to be the main event. But like... And we all know the spot. Everybody's maybe everybody's favorite wrestling spot. It's one of my favorite spots in the history of wrestling, which is Jeff Hardy's hanging with the belt and Edge from the 20-foot ladder hits the spear on Jeff Hardy like, "Oh my god." It's part of the reason why Edge had to retire so early doing moves like that for the fans, but I mean just what an epic match. Honestly, I'm probably going to watch this WrestleMania later tonight again now I'm talking about it. I just recently watched it too, but like I could watch it again start to finish no problem. Such a great WrestleMania. And then of course, closing it out with arguably the best rivalry, the definitely I'd say the best in-ring rivalry of all time in wrestling history, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock for the Rock's WWF Championship in an ODQ match and it ends with Stone Cold shaking hands with Mr. McMahon the whole deal with Stone Cold is becoming crazy and crazy and he'll do almost anything to win the WWF championship that he needed that title and he actually makes the stunning the most shocking heel turn ever one of the two most shocking heel turns ever at least and aligns himself with Mr. McMahon. It was unbelievable at the time. Obviously, you go back and you say, well, that should never have happened. That's true. But, I mean, it's still an unbelievable moment at the time. And, you know, Stone Cold shaking hands with Mr. McMahon. Just an unbelievable moment and just an unbelievable WrestleMania. But WrestleMania is one of those events that, like, you just look forward to every year. And this year is, is no different. Um, I guess we really weren't looking forward to it as much. We thought it was going to be a train wreck. Instead, we got a really fun show, and that's just what WWE, you got to tip your cap to WWE for that. But unfortunately, that is all the time we're going to have for you on this episode. In the next three days, we're going to have two more episodes. I know everybody's bored with quarantine, so I'm going to start turning out more content now that I'm starting to get closer and closer to finishing my videos that I've been working on. Uh, I'm going to turn out more podcasts now. I've got another wrestling one coming up. Uh, it's not going to be the next one. The next one is going to be my March Madness one, even though it's April Madness now. It's really madness in the world today. But it's going to be my top 25 March Madness NCAA tournament games of all time. And then after that, we're going to have uh, my top WrestleMania matches of all time. And then 
honestly, I think I should honor women's college basketball as well. So I'm going to do a top women's college basketball games, uh, March Madness NCAA tournament games of all time. And then, you know, the NBA playoffs were supposed to start in eight, nine days. So we're definitely, what I'm going to do for the playoffs, since we're not going to have any playoffs right now, is I'm going to do top 10 playoff series from every round starting. So when the first round was supposed to start, I'm going to have top 10 NBA playoffs first round series. Then we're going to have second round conference finals, NBA finals. So really looking forward to all those podcasts. Just keep on the lookout. We got a lot of good content coming. Top 50 projects of the decade is still that list is still being formed. Like I said, that's a very hard list to make, but I will have that out within the next month or two as well. So lots of content coming up for you guys. Again, thank you so much for listening and continue to listen to Change the Game. And check us out also on our website, www.seethegame.com. We got every episode up right now. We're going to have videos and articles up there very soon as well. Uh, So check us out, Spotify, iTunes, seethegame.com. Check us out.